The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about using technology to create great offline marketing experiences. Joining us again is Justin Moss, who is the co-founder and chief experience creator at the Pineapple Agency, which is a boutique experiential marketing and creative events agency with big, bold clients. Their experiential marketing changes the game by giving you the unfair advantage of creating fans who can't wait to tell the world about your brand. Yesterday, Justin told us about his music industry experience and how that helped him create his marketing playbook. And today we're going to discuss how to drive revenue through offline experiences. Okay, here's the rest of my conversation with Justin Moss, founder and chief experience creator at the Pineapple Agency. Justin, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Ben. I'm glad to be back. Great to have you back. Really excited to continue our conversation. We talked about a topic I love. We talked about music and uh, about your ability to get tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people in the same place at the same time to watch the same guy sing four chords and the truth. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the truth when it comes to marketing and how people are actually deriving value out of creating events A lot of times people think of the experiential marketing being very brand-centric, awareness-centric. We're just going to put a big rhinoceros painted pink in front of the stage with our brand logo on it. People will take some pictures and then they know who we are and hopefully they'll come back someday. Obviously, it's not that simple. Tell us a little bit about some of the tricks that you're using to actually connect the big pink rhinoceros in front of a concert stage to actually driving business results. Absolutely. And I've never done a pink rhinoceros, but we've done a big giant blue bear. So when we do the MarTech concert, and I already have the bands in my head, we're going pink rhinoceros. Absolutely. I'll build it. Great. Well, I'll start out by saying that I love experiential marketing. I think that just like creating an event, a concert, you're creating an experience that a consumer enjoys. You're creating a moment in time for them to create memories. You're not creating advertising. Well, yes, we are. But I think you're also, when done right, it doesn't look like advertising. It doesn't feel like advertising. It feels like a moment. It feels like an experience. I fully admit that there's things I've done. There's things that some other agencies that I look up to have done that are 
straight up marketing, advertising plays as they should be. Brands pay for that. But I think for us, what we try to look at when we're creating the strategy is the before, during, and after. How can we communicate? How can we communicate with? How can we market with the consumer before, during, and after the experience? How can we touch on all of your senses, all five senses in this experience? I think for us also, what are we doing to tell the story of the brand or the product without having it in the consumer's face like you would see a brand making a TV commercial? So sometimes we'll create an experience where, like I said the other day, there's subtle marketing tactics in that experience, but it's not all about the brand that we're creating the experience for. Yeah, yesterday we talked a little bit about how you're doing lead generation going into the concert where you're collecting consumer data by asking them for their feedback or asking them to win a prize, go through some sort of experiential digital event, and then you actually get them to the stage. You get them into the carnival or the concert. And a lot of times what I think about with marketing at concerts, it's branding, right? The Rolling Rock stage. I don't know where Rolling Rock would have sponsored a stage. There was a Rolling Rock festival, actually. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But, you know, they're branding specific parts of the events, and that's really a brand play. And then there's a lot of product placement. The leader of the band's going to be drinking Coronas on stage, something like that. There's probably other experiences I'm not thinking of. Walk me through some of the different tricks in your playbook to actually expose brands to consumers without it feeling like just straight up advertising. So I think the best way to do that is give an example of a project, if that's okay. So one of my favorite activations that I've ever worked on and produced, it was for Under Armour and Steph Curry. He was releasing his new shoe. This was a year and a half ago. And the idea was, how do we create a moment? How do we create hysteria? How do we create that want and need for his new shoe? So the concept ultimately became, we ran a digital scavenger hunt where at 10 a.m., Steph Instagrammed different landing zones around the Bay Area. So yes, we had four different landing zones. And ultimately, we ended up delivering autographed pairs of Steph Curry sneakers to the landing zones by drones off of yachts from the San Francisco Bay. Just generally, any experience should have some sort of a yacht, right? And a drone. I mean, you just can't beat it. But essentially, at every landing zone, right after 10 o'clock, we had hundreds of people lined up. They found the landing zones through this digital scavenger hunt. And the first eight people in each line received an autographed pair of sneakers. Within four hours of running the strategy, we had about 155 million impressions. But what happened there was, yes, it was Under Armour. Yes, it was Steph Curry. But people were there to get the shoes and the delivery device was just adding to their experience. And what it did for us as marketers is it created a crap ton of user-generated content and it created a lot of earned media. So for us, Under Armour was present from a branding standpoint, but they weren't everywhere. It wasn't plastered everywhere. This was about the fan interacting with Steph's sneakers in a way that nobody else has ever interacted with a sneaker brand. I got to ask, when you said to the head of marketing at Under Armour, whoever you were working with, here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to start off by getting a yacht. <laughs> and then we're going to airdrop shoes to unspecified locations through drones. What did his face look like? Well, to be honest, they all thought we were crazy. We did partner with another agency on the project that Under Armour was their client at the time. But was it Carnival Cruise Lines? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but to be completely transparent, this is what I love about experiential marketing and event production as a whole. We actually used the yachts. The yachts were not a plan of the strategy. We ended up bringing in the yachts because there are laws around flying drones over people. So we knew to get the most impact of the consumer seeing those drones flying towards you, carrying the sneakers, we had to do it in a safe and legal way. So yachts were the best way because they could fly off the yacht. So then the yacht became part of the strategy, part of the content play. And then they also became part of the production because the drones did not have to fly over people on land as much. I could just see Nike's agency saying, okay, well, how do we want up that? I know what we'll do. We'll get rockets. <laughs> so I do love my clients. And as an agency, it's our job to make sure that we understand everything about the brand and the product that we're working on, whether we love it or not. I think it helps when we're passionate about it. But I think that also goes to experiential marketing, right? I think if we're passionate and we create the right experience that the consumer comes to and can have a smile on their face, they're going to be passionate about the brand, which then turns into being an ambassador for the brand, which turns into an ROI for the product or this brand. So tell me a little bit about how you measure ROI. You got to go pay for a yacht. You got to go pay for a pilot to fly the drones. You need the shoes. You're probably paying Steph Curry something here too. At some point, you have to be able to tie business results into this because, you know, otherwise you're just taking a vacation around the San Francisco Bay and throwing some shoes in the water. How are you actually measuring business results? So not to get into too much of how we work with our clients, but to start off, I would say that we start off with a conversation with our clients and we need to understand what is their ROI, what is their KPI, and how do we back into that to achieve those goals with the strategy. Experiential marketing, it is a little tougher to tie an ROI back to sales as well as you can with some other strategies. But with that being said, we have a lot of different tools in the toolbox. So one, obviously impressions, both earned impressions and purchased impressions. What kind of social media presence are we seeing? Are we seeing communication between the consumers and the other consumers? Can we as a brand or an agency for the brand interact with those consumers and send them to buy or purchase? We use lots of different technology. For instance, we're doing a project at Daytona Motor Speedway for Bike Week for a client. And we're deploying um, technology that will measure how many people walk into the activation, how long they stay at each activation touch point. There's five altogether in this 100 by 100 area. We're then tying that back to sales. So we're giving everybody that participates in the activation a special coupon code to go into a retailer to purchase this client's product at a discount. So we'll be able to tie that back to sales. So overall, we'll know how many people came through the activation over the 10 days. We'll know how many people actually interacted with the brand and the activations, got literature sent to them or text message to them, and then ultimately, what did they purchase? 
that is several different ways of the way we look at measuring the ROI. It sounds like the primary focus for a lot of these campaigns are going to be top of the funnel, building awareness, building buzz. And the metrics that you're looking at are your traditional brand and awareness metrics, which is impressions, tone, share of voice. And, you know, you're looking at lead generation and even coupon redemption getting down to the bottom of the funnel. But it sounds like the effect here is really we did something that's so unique that people are aware of the message we're trying to get across. Correct. And they're talking about it. And we believe that that does lead to sales. But there's also activations or experiences that we create, like pop-up shops, for instance. We'll create a pop-up shop, and it's very easy to measure an ROI in sales because we know how many shoes were sold or how many hats were sold. And then we could tie that back to, did they go into the regular retail store or the online store for that brand and purchase more? So there are activations that we do create that are sales-driven. But I'm a believer that a lot of what experiential is, is driving awareness, driving connection, driving education, and most importantly, driving that conversation like I keep bringing up. So when you think about the tools that you're using to be able to run and track a experiential marketing campaign, other than the yacht booking app that you have on your phone... (laughs) What are some of the common tools that you're using? And tell me a little bit about the technology that helps you pull this off. So we'll use RFID technology, which is chip-based, that similar to our music festivals, you'll pre-register or register on site your information. And then we'll be able to track what you do and your movements at an activation. We're deploying a new product called LiveGage, which are beacon sensors And that will track movement at an activation in real time as it syncs to your phone because all phones have GPSs in it. So it ties into that. We track sales by running QR codes, digital coupons. And obviously, we all have used digital coupons for buying things. So that's a very low budget, simplistic way of seeing if they're actually buying the product. And then geo-targeting with social media and digital as sort of a whole. So like I was saying in our last conversation, how do we find the Under Armour buyer? Could we geo-target a school? Could we geo-target a playground? Absolutely. Can we send them an advertisement about this stunt where we're delivering sneakers? Absolutely. And we know that by targeting a specific consumer, we have a better chance of them joining us for the experience or interacting with us digitally one way or another. One thing that amazes me the most about marketing today is how technologically advanced non-digital marketing channels can be and how much technology is integrated into our entire lives, whether it's into the data capture to get somebody to a concert whether it's their activities when they're at the event, and then the social media impact that they have to evaluate the awareness, purchase consideration, all the other metrics that we have at our disposal. Justin, it's a really interesting topic to think about, and you obviously have tons of experience pulling off some really wild campaigns. I appreciate you coming on the show and telling us a little bit about it. No, I appreciate you having me. And if I could just take a second to say one last thing to what you just said, you know, one of the things that we're seeing as a trend is You have to simplify the activation or the experience. I know that that sounds weird coming from a guy that just talked about delivering sneakers from drones. But what we're seeing is 
the days of creating a standalone app or a microsite for activations are not always working because the consumer is flooded with technology from apps on their phone to all sorts of technology, right? So how can we use technology in the best way possible, but also keep it simple so the consumer doesn't have to do as much work to enjoy the activation or the experience? Yeah, it seems like reducing the barrier to friction to actually experience what you're trying to get across is first and foremost, as opposed to getting them to go through the hoops of downloading your app and doing data capture. That way you can get access to the data through other channels as well. Exactly. Okay. Justin, thanks again for being my guest. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to the next time. All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Justin Moss, founder and chief experience creator at the Pineapple Agency for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Justin, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can find his Instagram page. It is the Pineapple Agency, T-H-E-P-I-N-E-A-P-P-L-E-A-G-E-N-C-Y. Or you can visit his company's website, which is wearepineapple.co. Just one more link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for a once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.